Welcome to From the Den Podcast, providing Bears and NFL fans alike with compelling news, discussion, and debate. I'm your co-host, Benjamin, joined alongside my dear friend and co-host, Orin. Hey, Benjamin, let's get right into it. As always, kickoff starts now. Oh, what's that, you ask? How did Orin and I do in our week two predictions? Well, you know, we both went 15 and one, baby. Great start to the season. Oh, I'm so hyped. I've been getting so many dubs lately just in my fantasy football team. That thing is 2-0. and The Chicago Bears are 2-0, and and we'll get into that. Plus, my predictions went 15-1. and I was one yard away from being 16-0 and with my picks since I had the Patriots beating the Seahawks. So if you're interested in hearing how the Bears what we think will happen with the Bears. If you're interested in hearing our review of week two and our predictions for week three, because you know they're going to be the best predictions out there. Welcome to episode 25 of From the Den podcast. Wow, we are a fourth of the way to 100. That's actually kind of downgrading it. But man, if you can't tell, I've got a lot of energy right now. It's been a good past few weeks, and we're just going to jump right into this with a review of week two. Like I said, after that, um, predictions for week three, then on to the Bears review and predictions. So I'm just going to start off right now with Thursday night football, Bengals versus Browns. Of course, a lot of the times I like to make the worst games into Thursday night football. That's my three, at least, so that they get better ratings. Browns pull away with this game. Orin and I both had them winning. Um, the score makes it seem a lot closer than it actually was. It was 35 to 30, but really the Bengals had some trash time touchdowns. Browns shouldn't feel too great about this win, though. Yeah, like I was saying, or like I believe, the Browns the Browns beat up on a really bad team and kept mm-hmm. it close. I'm not saying a win's a win in the NFL no matter what, but I think that the Browns the Browns didn't improve that much about their team right now. Like if you look, if you people are saying like they're they're ahead of the Bears, and I just don't understand that. Like they very much didn't improve. Yeah, you mean, the, you mean in the power rankings? Yeah, I was I was looking at a lot of power rankings. They had the one and one Browns who got demolished by the Ravens. And I wouldn't say barely pulled out against the Bengals, but beat the Bengals by a tiny bit above the Bears, who are 2-0. Yeah. So that just perplexes me a bit, but that's just me. Yeah, Browns do not look too good right now, in my opinion, at least. So we're going to skip the Bears game for, Matt for now. Moving on to Rams-Eagles. Eagles not looking too great. Rams finally finding their mojo, although in week one they did pull out with the win. Their offense did not look too great. Uh, They only put up 20 points, but in this game, they had 37 points with tight end Tyler Higby catching three touchdowns. And I know that very well since he was on my fantasy football team. Uh, Eagles looking kind of bad, though, considering a lot of teams had him maybe as a sleeper pick this year. Yeah, I was never that big on the Eagles. And also, the Eagles really aren't looking great. Like you Mm -hmm. said, I think the Rams, the thing about the Rams that people started to doubt them, but they forgot who their coach was. They have Sean McVay. Mm -hmm. He's a great coach a great offensive mind who's going to be able to adapt to the players he has. And even though he had one down year, that doesn't mean that they're going to be bad this year, right? They still have great offensive weapons, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And I mean, they should be contenders. They should be contending for the playoffs. They've proved it in the past two games. And the Eagles just don't look great. The Eagles, even though they have one of the most skilled, they have one of the best teams in the NFL, in my opinion, they just can't put it together. Yeah. You think the Eagles are one of the most skilled teams in the NFL? Yeah, they have a g- good defense on paper, a good offense on paper. I don't know about that. I mean, I they're they're very I much they're, they're underperforming for their talent. Yeah, they need a better wide receiver group is my main takeaway here. That's but 
Falcons Cowboys, one of the saddest games. You know, it's a classic Falcons blunder here. Falcons, if you don't know, it was one of the main games of the week. Falcons up 20 nothing, 26 to 10. Cowboys pull off a miraculous comeback, which included a recovered onside kick with the Falcons, which the Falcons really should have recovered. Ended with a game-winning field goal from none other than Greg the Leg, Greg Zerline, who it must suck to be a Falcons fan right now. And that offense really did look great, but the defense just could not hold on in that second half, especially the second half of the fourth quarter. Uh, Cowboys move up to one and one, which would have been very bad for them to go to 0-2, of course. And now the Falcons are at 0-2 and play the Bears next week. Yeah, so what I'm going to say is we'll probably talk more in depth about the Falcons once we talk about the Bears game next week. But to summarize it, the Falcons' offense is looking great. It, I, they're a big threat, but their defense is really lacking. And you can tell that they're not a very well-coached team, that they make these terrible mistakes and let up mm-hmm. 20, 25 straight points. Yeah, they got to learn how to close out games. Exactly. Like, I mean, there, there are just some games that are so incredibly improbable that it just doesn't make sense that they won. And the onside kick was just one of the most incompetent things I've ever seen. They could have just ran up and picked the ball. They waited, picked up the ball. They waited five seconds for the, for the Cowboys to get the yeah, ball. It seemed like they didn't know the rule that they were probably thinking in their heads, they had to wait for it to go 10 yards, but that's only if you are on the kicking team, the receiving team can get the ball at any point. And I don't think they knew that to be honest. Yeah. And that's just a sign of an not well coached team. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on now, Panthers-Buccaneers. I actually had Tom Brady going off in this game. You know, I thought they put up 40-plus. They did still end up winning by double-digit points, 31-17, to but it wasn't as dominant as I would have expected. Leonard Fournette had himself a great game, but Tom Brady was only all right. He threw a couple of bad picks. Uh, Of course, LaShawn McCoy did have a drop that would have upped his stats just a little bit. So if I'm a Buccaneers fan right now, of course, I'm hopeful that my team has moved up to one and one, but it wasn't exactly the total route that I was expecting. Yeah. And they played a Panthers team. That's not very good. Mm-hmm. And they really didn't beat and up on especially without Christian McCaffrey. Also, you know, I should have covered this at the start. This was a week of many, many injuries yeah. uh, starting with, I mean, one of them being running back Christian McCaffrey, which is certainly devastating for the Panthers. Yeah, and we'll get into even more severe injuries. Mm-hmm. So it's unfortunate that we have to, but, I mean, what can we do? But still, the Buccaneers, they didn't really show – they didn't really prove anyone. This is a, this was a great opportunity for them to prove that they're a real contending team, mm-hmm. and they really didn't pounce on that opportunity. Yeah. All right, 49ers-Jets. Actually, I wish I had said this uh, in the podcast, but now looking back, I'm glad I didn't make the prediction because my prediction would have been wrong. You know, of course I had – I. Uh, before this game, I thought that the 49ers were going to take the game, but honestly, I thought it would be closer than people expected just because uh, the 49ers, even going into the game, were lacking a lot of their offensive talent, and the Jets' run defense is actually surprisingly good. In the end of the day, though, the 49ers put up 31 to the Jets' 13. I think the Jets are looking like the worst team in the NFL, to be honest, especially with injuries to Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but the 49ers, speaking of injuries, I mean, they sacrificed a lot of their players. Not sacrificed, but they gave up a lot of their players in this game just for one win against the Jets, specifically quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Bosa. George Kittle was out at the start of the game, and they're still without wide receiver Demo, Debo Samuel. So it would be very interesting. They're in this tough division, and they've, uh, like, a lot of their stars are injured. So, you know, tough luck for the 49ers. I, 
I wonder what Shanahan can do here and if they can recover even with all these injuries. Yeah, and I, I think that the 49ers are a great team, but I just honestly, with these injuries, I can't see them making the playoffs. I know it's incredibly premature. Yeah. And I haven't, I, I'm not even able to see what I haven't been able to see what they can do without these big players not playing, but they're in such a competitive division that I wouldn't have even guaranteed them to win that division, let alone even make the playoffs for the sole fact of their division before the injuries. And now the injuries add insult to the wound. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on now to Broncos. Steelers, another devastating injury. Quarterback Drew Locke. Orin, do you know how long, around how long he'll be out for? He's around two to four weeks or two to six weeks. Mm -hmm. And as well, uh, Cortland Sutton. Did he play this game? I think he played for a bit, but he tore, I think he tore his ACL. I could be wrong. Yeah, that's, that's, again, so much injuries. Um, Steelers come out with the win here. Um backup quarterback I'm blanking on his name right now the Broncos backup quarterback had somewhat of a fight they could have pulled out late but Steelers moved to 2-0 that defense is looking very dangerous um it'll be interesting to see what the Steelers can do and you know Oren had the Broncos as a sleeper me not as much and of course now he's going to have the excuse of injuries for the rest of this season but tough luck like I said with the 49ers tough luck for the Broncos Steelers looking pretty good after this win yeah, Steelers look good, but I have to say I don't think this this Steelers this Steelers game really convinced me that they're this didn't help me believe that they're an elite team mm-hmm. because they nearly lost to a to a backup quarterback. That said, it doesn't it doesn't hurt them, but I think that like I said again, they're they're a great team that unfortunately didn't pounce on the opportunity to beat up and prove to the NFL how elite of a team they are. Yeah, in my opinion, I think the Steelers team is definitely making the playoffs. But if this offense can't step up and if Big Ben in his old age can't prove that he will can be a reliable quarterback, I mean, he has been reliable, like more of an elite quarterback in this offense in general, then I don't know how far they can progress once in the playoffs. That's uh, on to Jaguars Titans. Jaguars putting up quite the fights in these past two games. Um, they got a win. Who did the Jaguars beat last weekend? They beat the Colts. Right. Jaguars pull off a win against the Colts and Gardner Minshew showing that fighting spirit, but they ended up coming short 30 to 33 Titans get the win here. And really the big name of the day was not Derrick Henry, which was likely expected since, you know, he's the centerpiece of this offense, really Ryan Tannehill. And I think Ryan Tannehill is starting, or at least I hope, because I've been a proponent of him. Uh, for a long time now, he's starting to show the NFL that they're not a one-man show, this Tennessee team, and that he threw for four touchdowns. They've got a lot of serious weapons, not only in Derrick Henry, but also uh, in their receiving core, like Johnny Smith and A.J. Brown. And if they're healthy, I think that they can do things. Although this was a three-point game to a bad team, uh, Titans are 2-0, so if you're a Titans fan, things are looking up. I know that this is like a common thing that I keep saying, but the Titans played a bad team. And even though they played great, they beat a bad Titans team. And I'll admit it. They beat a bad Broncos team. They beat a bad Jaguars. Yeah. Bad Jaguars team, and they beat a bad Broncos team. And everyone's, even though they're, they're looking good, I'm not ready to call them a contender until they beat a really, a real team. Because I don't think that they beat a real team. Like I, I enjoy looking at power rankings and people have them as high as six. Yeah. And I, yeah. I just, I don't see why they're that high. They can be two and zero, but it's the same story for the Bears. Neither of them have, have beaten have beaten good quality teams. And actually, the Bears have a bigger point differential than the Titans. The Titans have a five point differential. The Bears have an eight, which is actually something interesting. So, 
before before you say that the Bears haven't played anyone good and you can't you can't judge them yet, don't do the same for the Titans either. Yeah, it's a double standard is what you're trying to say yeah. here, I believe. Uh, so you can take over here. So going to Packers Lions, the Lions were actually down by three at halftime. Their Lions were winning fourteen to three at the end of the first quarter, and it all collapsed. I mean, the Packers are looking really good. Aaron Rodgers is really stepping up and. I don't want to say that, oh, they're doing so well because they're playing bad teams, but they're genuinely playing incredibly well football, incredibly good football. Their offense is looking great. Their defense is looking pretty solid. There's still holes in the run game, which I think can eventually buy better teams, can be exploited a bit more. But I'm really, I'm not, I'm not excited, but it will be interesting to see yeah. how they do. I would be more excited if the Packers go 5-11. and 11. <laughs> Of course, as a Bears fan. Uh, I've got to be honest, looking back, myself included, a lot of analysts, myself included, like I said, uh, had the Packers having a significant decline this season. They were 13-3 and last season, and I don't think that they'll be able to repeat that production this year. But when you look at it, the Packers didn't lose anyone significant. Of course, they did have a bad draft and some bad moves, but that doesn't mean that they really lost anyone, per se, on their team. So I don't see why. Now, looking back and seeing how successful they've been in these first two weeks, it makes me wonder, like, why did I? even pick them to do badly in the first place and I think that the Packers are in the position that they want right now where they're kind of proving the NFL wrong saying you know why did you sleep on us we were a great team last year and we're going to repeat that production or at least come close to that production again this year uh we'll get into I'll get into that more in my week three predictions um but for now this Packers offense is looking incredible Aaron Jones had three four touchdowns this game uh looking great, putting up a lot of numbers, and the defense is uh, good enough to support this offense. Yeah. All right. So going into Bills-Dolphins, the Bills won by 331-28. And I mean, even though this Bills offense is looking great, I mean, they, they, they impressed me week one, week two, they really didn't impress me that much. I mean, either they're a, they're a mixed bag or I, I really don't know with them. I can't wait to see What's going to happen when they play a good team? They play the Rams next week, I'm pretty sure, which is going this week, which is going to be an incredible matchup. Yeah, you mean week three? I think in week three, and I think that the Bills Rams game next this week in week three is going to show a lot about each team. I really want the Bills to be successful, mm-hmm. but I mean they played great week one, week two they didn't play well. They lost, they won by three against a very very bad Dolphins team. Mm-hmm. So I mean we'll see. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I think the score is a little deceiving because the Dolphins did have a touchdown late. But still, um, first things first, just all my respect goes to Josh Allen. He's leading the NFL in passing yards uh, after these first two weeks. And I got to be honest, if you uh, look at my AFC predictions from a few weeks ago, I was doubting Josh Allen's accuracy. But I think for now, he's proved me wrong and he's really turning into a uh, actual threat and leading this team to 2-0. and But with that said, like we've been saying a lot with these teams, the Bills have played two bad teams in the Dolphins and Jets. So I will be very interested to see how they perform in week three against this Rams team that is looking solid. All right. So on to the Colts-Vikings game. And this is a game I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about. Oh, yeah. The Vikings are looking very bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Kirk Cousins is looking... Terrible. 11 completions, 28 attempts, 113 yards, three interceptions, zero touchdowns. I mean, he looks like he can't really do anything. The, the, if you look at the Packers-Vikings game, you can say, oh, Kirk Cousins had a good game. 
when you really look at it, he played well in the fourth quarter. Trubisky played well last year against the Saints, but that was in the fourth quarter. I mean, he played well in garbage time. He's had Kirk Cousins had bad starts the season before. That's why the only reason I'm not going to say Kirk Cousins is going to have a terrible year, because if you look at his stats last year, people were already writing Kirk Cousins off, and he proved himself. But, I mean, they're 0-2. They got, I would say, demolished by a by a, I would say, average Colts team. Mm-hmm. And they, again, got demolished by a very good Packers team. So, I mean, we'll have to see what happens with them against the Titans this week, which I think will be a very intriguing matchup. But they're really, they're really not looking like a very promising team. And the problem with their team is that they have rookies and they have veterans. And by the time their rookies develop, I don't know that they're... I mean, I'm not going to get into you with this, but I don't understand what you, I mean, you say by the time their rookies develop then their their veterans are going to be too old but that doesn't make sense to me because they can just draft more players it's not like it's not like once their veterans leave they're never going to have any other good players on their team that that's what the yeah, draft it's also going to take time for them to get players of the same caliber as the players that they have now i'm saying yeah, that yeah, they, i mean there's a lot that can happen especially they, i mean i don't know much, i don't know how much i trust their management but you know they can make moves there's a lot that can happen Rather than investing in the present, they try to invest in the future a bit too much, and that affects their team now. And I don't know if their team will ever be elite until they draft well in a few years, if that's what you believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, Vikings, Colts, I don't have too much to add here. Vikings are looking more like a 6-10 and 10 team right now. That's secondary of all rookies and young players is getting exposed, I think. Uh, and Colts have a bounce-back game after losing to the Jaguars. All right. On to the Cardinals-Washington football team. The Cardinals won by 15, 30-15. And I've got to say, our prediction for MVP isn't looking too far off right now. Yeah, I was like, I was going to add that if you didn't say it. Kyle, Kyler Murray for MVP, good good picks from us so far. Yeah, those were good picks. I mean, he's really looking good. Kyler Murray, their offense is looking great. Their defense is looking good. And the Washington football team had a lot of hype going around them, especially considering all their drama in the offseason and how little people picked them to do well. And then beating, coming back and beating the Eagles was such a surprise to everyone. Maybe Dwayne Haskins was good. Maybe their defense is elite. Maybe the Terry McLaurin is going to step up. Mm-hmm. But this, this game really showed who they are, and it showed that, that that one game was a fluke. Yeah. Or at least, you know, maybe it shows more that the Eagles are bad than the football team is good. No, Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not really sure I'm ready to say that the football team is good. I'm, I'm ready. To, I'm not, I'm, I yeah, would yeah. say that the E football team will do poorly rather than exceed expectations. Yeah, uh, not too much to add there. Again, like, like you were saying, Kyler Murray's up there for our MVP. They're up there for MVP, keeping true to our prediction. All right, so on to Ravens-Texans. And, I mean... This game was a bit more predictable. It wasn't predictable, but the Texans aren't really looking good. 33-16, to 16, Lamar Jackson had a good game. Deshaun Watson isn't looking great. And, I mean, the loss of DeAndre Hopkins is really looming on this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not even, you know, when you say the loss, it makes it sound like he signed somewhere else in free agency. But that was a very self-inflicted wound, you know. The Texans had a lot of potential. They were making the playoffs every year. Of course, I don't have to go into depth about this because everyone knows bad trade. That trade. I actually had the Texans going seven and nine this year. 
Um, and I think that that's, they're looking like a seven and nine team right now. Of course, they've got a lot of talent on their team still I think their wide receiver core is pretty good, probably above average considering that they lost Deandre Hopkins, but they're never going to, I don't think they're going to be able to contend with good teams. And last year they could contend with good teams. They beat the, or was that a few, I don't know. Last year they could always, you know, Deshaun Watson and Deandre Hopkins had that it factor that made them, you know, be able to stick in good games with this Texans team. They're going to beat some bad teams. They'll get it done then, but they're definitely just not doing anything this year. And as for the Ravens, they're looking just as good, if not better than last year. I agree. And I think people thought that the loss of Earl Thomas would be very big for their defense, but it's still looking elite with Calais Campbell. Mm -hmm. Calais Campbell was a very underrated signing this year, only for or a trade, only for a fifth rounder. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So on to Chiefs Chargers and we'll start off with Justin Herbert, who I thought looked very good. Me and you both wrote off this pick. We said not a great pick. She shows potential, but he plays a bit like Trubisky. He's inconsistent in his college offense isn't really something that something that's not very NFL. It doesn't make a quarterback NFL ready. But I think Herbert kind of proved us wrong this game. He made difficult throws, played well against a good Chiefs defense, and nearly beat a Super Bowl defending Chiefs. Yeah, I've got a lot to say about this game, but I'll just start off with Herbert. Uh, like you were saying, Herbert kind of proved me wrong. Um, he threw he threw a lot of screen passes in college, which led me, and when he was actually forced to throw it downfield or make farther throws, he wasn't super accurate, which led me to believe that he could likely be a bust. But judging just by this very, very small sample size, and I will stress that, Herbert looked great. And I also think this is something that Romo and the other CBS announcers were talking about at the start of the game. Um, Justin Herbert was thrust into this role to be the starting quarterback. If you didn't know, Tyra Taylor had an injury, a rib injury uh, near the very start of the game. And they, I think it was kind of a game time decision type thing, which might've actually helped Herbert because he doesn't have enough time to think over, you know, everything overthink. And he's just going out there and playing good football. Um, he didn't, he wasn't in his head and he just looked like he was comfortable. It'll be interesting to see if they can continue the success and also I believe that Herbert is going to get the start later. I was hearing analysts because although Anthony Lynn did come out saying that if he said, if Tyrod Taylor is 100%, he will get the start. And I, so I think Matthew Barry of ESPN was saying this, that he, he said this, I have a feeling Tyrod Taylor is going to be 90% for the rest of the season, which I think makes sense. I got a little sidetrack there, but the Chargers always seem to give the Chiefs a hard time, and I think I should have touched on that more uh, last episode. The Chargers know how to defend the Chiefs well. Of course, they are such uh, – this offense has such firepower, so the Chiefs did pull away with some very clutch and long field goals from Harrison Butker, but all kudos go to Anthony Lynn and this Chargers team. Um, I'm just excited to see what goes on with Herbert. And as for the Chiefs, I mean, they had a little scare there, but – Patrick Mahomes prevails. Also, one thing, I know I'm getting in depth, but this is a very interesting game for me. Uh, fourth and one in overtime, the Chargers elect to punt. I think that was a terrible call. I said kudos goes to Anthony Lynn. That's one call that I think is terrible. I don't understand, and, and uh, then I'll be done. I don't understand why you would give the ball to Patrick Mahomes with momentum where he just needs a field goal rather than, you know, trusting your offense enough. Since, I, in my opinion, you know, you could beat the Chiefs if you're only playing their defense. But once you put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands, there's no way that they're there, – there were just no way the Chargers were going to get a stop there. Um, 
like, like, like to add on to what you said, there's very few opportunities that you have to go into, into beat Kansas city. And in those opportunities that you have, you know, that the second you give them a homes, the ball and an opportunity, that opportunity is squashed. Mm-hmm. The opportunity to win is squashed. And I just think that they were, they, even though they, they knew that Mahomes was going to score, they were willing to take that risk, which is something that you just can't do against Mahomes. You need to be risky when you play Mahomes because that's the only way to beat a team like that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. On to Patriots Seahawks. And I would say going into this game, this is probably the game of the week. And I mean, it really did prove to be one of the games of the week. Mm-hmm. The Patriots Ironically, the Patriots lost to the Seahawks on a on a on a goal line goal line goal line stand. Yeah, exactly. And rather than throwing an interception, they just got stuffed at the one yard line. But I mean, both these teams really. I think both these teams really showed that they're elite. And I I really very much underrated the Patriots. But Cam Newton looks great in this system. And I think that. Like I said, I was very high in the Seahawks, and I think that the Seahawks are proving my proving why I was high in them. So I mean, yeah, yeah. A few things to add. I was actually pretty high on the Patriots this year. I think Belichick gonna Belichick. Cam Newton is still very talented, and I thought the Patriots Patriots would utilize him well. And so far, that seems to be the case. One issue that we were actually discussing is that when this Patriots team has to play from being down, uh, it limits them a little bit more because Cam Newton is a runner. And, you know, especially also on that goal line play, you know, I'm sure that the Seahawks knew that they were going to, that Cam Newton was going to run the ball. He's probably, I would say he's their number one running back. Yeah. Um, so that, that kind of limited limits their options, even though he seems like a dual threat and that he can throw and run. Uh, as for the Seahawks, they're playing great football and they're finally letting Russ cook, which is the whole, uh, Twitter trend, if you don't know, hashtag let Russ cook, which means, you know, instead of um, there, I saw a video that they're throwing on first and second down a lot more. And that statistically leads to more yards, but it, of course it only works for teams with good enough quarterbacks to be able to move the ball downfield, such as the chiefs. And uh, that would work with Russell Wilson. So I think that Russell Wilson is also going to be a high MVP candidate for this year. I think he gets his first MVP vote. That's a little bold prediction I've got after two weeks, even if he doesn't win. I mean, he's just looking phenomenal. And it seems like that this uh, Seattle scheme has changed more to let Russell Wilson do what Russell Wilson does best, which is just, you know, just let him call the plays, let him throw downfield. And this, let me tell you, this Seattle team is, going to be exciting this year agreed all right so on to the last game of the week benjamin you can you can say it you you predicted the upset of the week this is my proudest call i mean i, I this is one of my best predictions ever let me tell you i was writing to be honest i, I don't want to refer to my afc predictions that much when we we're doing the record predictions because i think that i was kind of shying away but now when we're doing the game predictions i can make my i can do my honest thoughts you know I had the Raiders being a sleeper team, and I just had this gut feeling that the Raiders would be able to pull off that win. The Raiders are a team that doesn't beat themselves up too much. I believe that they were the lowest in 2019. They were the lowest in penalties, or at least uh, near the bottom of the pack, which is good. Um, 
And this Saints team, and I was hearing something after, which made me have even less confidence in the Saints, that Drew Brees was interviewed and he was saying over the offseason, he was trying to focus on getting the most out of what he has left, which kind of implies, you know, he's not at 100% and he's not what he was. He's old. And I think that that showed up, especially since to the injury of Michael Thomas. And I probably wouldn't have picked the Raiders to win had Michael Thomas been in. That's a totally different game. Uh, Drew Brees is not looking like his uh, former self and he had one terrible pass in specific which ended up being intercepted um anyway I'm just super happy Raiders get the win here 34 to 24 I had I was telling all my friends that I picked the Raiders to win as a bold prediction just you know to let them know and uh when the Saints were up 10 at the start I was getting some like hey why did you do that that was such a dumb pick and I was saying you know I'll explain myself if they lose, but for now, I'm just going to trust the Raiders and trusting the Raiders worked. They got the win, which is awesome. One more thing. I know I've been rambling a lot, but these, these last three games, especially the Chiefs, Seahawks, and Saints are very exciting games. Um, Michael Thomas, when the game was up, when the Saints were up 10 to zero, he, he tweeted something like, oh, this game is probably going to get ugly fast. And then the Raiders actually come out and win it. He ended up deleting that tweet shortly after. But that just, Michael Thomas is such a talker. I don't know. Yeah, I have to say, first game ever, Las Vegas, they win. I mean, the Raiders have been moving around cities for the past few decades, but maybe this one sticks. Who knows? (laughs) All right, so on to week three predictions. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to start off with Dolphins-Jaguars. And I have Jaguars winning this game. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's that bold anymore, but Jesus, Gardner Minshew is good. Mm -hmm. People underrate Gardner Minshew. The Jaguars have a terrible (laughs) roster. So do the Dolphins. And I think the fact that the Jaguars were able to contend with the Titans and to beat the Colts really shows that they'll be able to come out and win this game on Thursday night football on on a primetime game against the Dolphins. And the Jaguars will really show, I'm not going to say that they're, they're playoff contenders, but they really show that they're not the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, they definitely are not the worst team in the NFL. Maybe one of the worst teams is actually the Dolphins. Of course, again, this backs up my theory. They like to have the two worst, you know, maybe the worst game on Thursday Night Football, so it gets better ratings. I don't know how good this game will be, but at least when it's two bad teams playing each other, it might end up being close. But anyway... I've got the Jaguars winning this as well for basically the reasons you were saying. It's Gardner Minshew. It's Minshew magic. I'm all in on the bandwagon. I'm just loving this kid that he's coming out and trying to prove everyone wrong. I love the mentality. Uh, I'm excited to see what the Jaguars do here. Jaguars get the win here. All right. So going on to 49ers Giants, I have the 49ers barely pulling through on this in this game. Barely let this. Mm-hmm. I think that the 49ers are going to – there's going to be an upset, and I think that the 49ers are barely going to win. The only reason why I'm not huge on the Giants is because their offensive line is very poor, and even though they did sign Devontae Freeman today, I still don't think that their defense is uh, – we saw them firsthand. I don't think that they have an elite defense. Their offensive line is really struggling, and with no real running back, they can't really do much. So I have the 49ers winning, but by very little. Yeah, uh, 49ers-Giants, two of the most injury-riddled teams in the NFL. Of course, 49ers, I listed off all those players who are injured uh, just a bit ago. And as for the Giants, while they only have one major injury, which is Saquon Barkley, he really is, you know, all of their team. Uh, This will be an interesting game. I do think I agree with you. I think it was close. Uh, When we get to the Bears game, 
uh, I, I kind of commend the Giants. They had a nice fighting spirit. They were, they were able to come back even when Saquon Barkley was injured. So I do think it'll be close. But again, I've got to just, I'm leaning towards the 49ers here. I'm going to pick the 49ers to win this one because I believe that they're better coached. Uh, they're more disciplined. They're still, they still made the Super Bowl last year, even though I know a lot of their ro- rosters injured. And I think that that defense, even without uh, Nick Bosa, can come away with some uh, good turnovers against, you know, uh, Daniel Jones looked good in the second half, but he's still a turnover prone quarterback and that Giants offensive line is not great. So in the end, I think the Giants will have some costly mistakes, which will allow the 49ers to take the win. All right. So going on to Brown's Washington football team, I have the Browns winning this game, but I, I'm not sure that it'll be a very big it won't be a big gap I think that the Browns the Browns are going to come out and I think that they're going to really struggle to begin with but they're going to pull through at the end just because Dwayne Haskins I I'm really not that I don't really I really don't think Dwayne Haskins is that great of a quarterback and he's young and I could completely be wrong on this but from what I've seen so far he isn't playing like an elite quarterback I mean of course he's not an elite quarterback but I know what you mean he isn't playing like an NFL starting quarterback and it's way too early for me to say that he's out of the league and he's done. And he can very much prove me wrong. But I just think that the Browns are a way more skilled team than this Washington football team. They're just going to come out and win it. I've got to actually go with the Washington football team. Let me just tell you why I have zero, zero faith in the Cleveland Browns. I'm sorry. I was on the hype train last year. I'm not going for the post-hype train this year. The Cleveland Browns have shown me that they are just – not the organization you ever want to pick to win anything except maybe the first pick of the NFL draft. Um, The Washington football team, of course, has issues of their own, but I think that this defense, especially the defensive line is quite underrated. Uh, To be honest, Baker did come out firing. He played a great game and I don't think we really touched on that. I kind of forgot about that in week two. So maybe you could see a continuation of that, but I see this Washington defense, which is actually a little bit underrated, especially their pass rush, uh, giving the Browns some issues. And then uh, Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin are able to, you know, form a connection, pull away with the win in a low scoring game. So right. I'm, I'm siding with the Washington football team here. I respect that. All right, on to the Eagles Bengals. And I want to get this stat out of the way. In the past 20 years, no team has made the playoffs starting 0-3. So, I mean, the, whoever loses this game is kind of a death sentence. In the past how long? In the past 20 years. Wow. So, I mean, going 0-3 is a bit of a you're done. Not and a bit. <laughs> it's it definitely, is. yeah. And I really, really, really think that the Eagles should win this game. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Upset city. Upset. The Eagles just don't have it. They have no momentum. None. They're just not a quality football team. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals are not good. Let's get this straight. The Bengals are not that great of a team. But I could see Joe Burrow having a good game. Joe Mixon doing well. And honestly... The Eagles are just going to do a wet. Okay. Not that amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think, and I should have said this at the start, we are going to learn a lot about a lot of teams after week three. If you thought you had some takeaways after week two, I think that this week three is going to be a very telling week for the future of this NFL season, just because there are a lot of games, you know, if the Eagles can't pull through, then that's going to say a lot. And just looking down this list here, there's a lot to see in these games. 
Uh, so about Bengals Eagles, I do understand where you're coming from here. I have very little faith in the Eagles after what I've seen from them in the first two weeks, but in the end, it's Joe Burrow. It's a rookie quarterback. I do love Joe Burrow so much, but this defense, this Bengals defense is terrible. And if you're just, if just out of bird's eye view, Eagles are going to pull away with this one. It's not going to be ugly. It's not going to give Philadelphia fans any hope, although admittedly Philadelphia fans, they're not great anyway. Um, but the Eagles just have such a superior roster. I think that they're not going to allow themselves to go 0-3. They're going to pull out with the win here. So I've got the Eagles winning this one. All right. So on to Raiders. Oh, I got it. Raiders. Patriots. This is actually a very interesting game. Patriots coming off of a very close loss and Raiders coming off of an excellent win. Raiders are definitely going to be riding the momentum, your favorite word, Oren. And Patriots, you know, the Patriots aren't a team that likes to sulk. I don't think they lose two games in a row. And although I really love the Raiders, I see the Patriots as basically an upgrade of what I like in the Raiders, their discipline. Uh, they don't beat themselves up. So I got to go with the Patriots here. I'm, I don't like to bet against the Patriots in general. That's why I picked them to beat the Seahawks. And I think the Raiders can stick in it, but they've got their big win against the Saints. They're going to drop one against the Patriots here. So Patriots get the win. You know what? I have to agree with you on this one. Mm-hmm. I think that the Patriots win, but even though you like the you like the Raiders and I do too, I think that the Patriots run game and they'll be able to scheme against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Raiders, even though they're a well-coached team, I think that they have huge holes on their team, which include their whole passing team, their whole passing game. And they're- well, they've got Darren Waller, which is a, I think their passing game will definitely uh, progress throughout the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And I just think, I, I think that they have too many holes that Bill Belichick will exploit, and that's why I have the Patriots winning this game. I'm not saying it'll be a blowout, but they'll win it. Mm-hmm. All right, on to Los Angeles Rams versus Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take the Rams in this game. All right? Okay. I think that the Bills are a great team, and I could see them winning. But this is a very important game for both of these teams because whoever loses this game – kind of shows that they're not as elite as they've been playing in the first two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I think that the Rams are just the better team. Yeah. I think that the, that the bills, the bills have a great team, but I just don't think they have that it. And I think that the Rams with their coaching have that it, that it factor. Yeah. Um, Bill's Rams, a very interesting game. I think there's going to be a lot of takeaways from this game. Like I was saying, um, I also see the Rams winning this one. I don't, I still don't have total faith in Josh Allen or this Bills offense. I think the Rams are a very well-coached team with Sean McVay. Uh, They're both kind of similar teams. Well, I guess, no, honestly, they're not because the Rams love to like pass it a bunch and the Rams and the Bills are more of a run first offense, even though Josh Allen, it might be changing a bit this year since Josh Allen is, you know, leading the league in passing yards. But I see the Rams winning this one. Very interesting game. I would not be surprised if the Bills win. Um, There's going to be a lot to learn from this game. And I'll leave it at that. I don't think the Bills play terrible in this one either. I think Bills fans will still be left with hope after this game. I just think the Rams and Bills are two pretty great teams, at least after two weeks. So I've got Rams winning this one. 
Moving All right. on now to Texans versus Steelers. Uh, this might have been the game of the week a few years ago, but now both of these teams, well, you know, the Texans, this, uh, sorry, excuse me, the Steelers are on the rise right now while the Texans are on the decline. I'm not going to waste too much time with this one. Steelers get the win. Texans drop to 0-3. That's right. Um, you know what? Maybe I could see the Texans pulling off an upset here, but I'm not going to bet against the Steelers defense just yet. Uh, this Texans team looks like it's going nowhere. You know what? I'm picking the Texans to beat the Steelers. Okay. I am not – I do like the Steelers, but the Houston Texans are a playoff team because they have Deshaun Watson, and they cannot afford to lose this third game. Honestly, I like that pick. I very much like that pick. I'm considering, but I'm going to stick with the Steelers because I have a lot of faith in that defense. But I, I do like your pick right there. All right. I could see the Texans winning, but I'm sticking with the Steelers. So Titans, Vikings, another, I'm just going to keep saying the same things here, but you know, Titans are a team that was picked as a sleeper by some picked as a team that will decline by others and Vikings, you know, they're looking just terrible. I don't even know if I can bet on the Vikings just yet. Honestly, I want to hear your pick first so I can base it on that. I have the Minnesota Vikings losing. Oh, out there. The Tennessee Titans have a great run game and a good pass game. They will be able to exploit the Vikings' huge holes, and the Vikings have not really been able to slow down the run. Jonathan Taylor played very well. Clearly, Jonathan, I'm not going to say Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry are the same, but the Vikings clearly struggle against bigger running backs, mm-hmm. as in Jonathan Taylor is a bigger running back, and that's Derrick Henry. That's He's a big, big running back. And, I mean – I just see the the Titans beat winning the Viking beating the Vikings here, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I could see the Vikings winning, but the Vikings, I just I don't think they're a playoff team, and I think that only playoff teams win this week. Man, I could really see this game going either way. Even though I express so much confidence in the Titans, uh, I still don't have total faith in them. But right now, I just cannot bet on the Vikings based on their first two performances. That offense is looking terrible. I mean. You know, against the Packers, I guess in week one, they weren't too bad, but it was also some trash time, whatever. Uh, I just can't pick the Vikings right now. Both, like, I, there's not many positive spots in the Titans. Titans are 2-0, and Vikings are 0-2. It's that simple. I guess I'm going to pick the Titans in this game. All right. I respect that. Mm-hmm. All right. So on to the next game we go, and we are going to the Panthers Chargers. And... While I while I do like the while I do like the Panthers, I think that the Chargers will come out and win this game. Mm-hmm. I think that, like you said, Justin Herbert, like Tyrod Taylor, is going to be ninety percent. Yeah, and I think that Justin Herbert comes out and wins his first game. I'm on I'm on the Justin Herbert train. Christian McCaffrey's in playing. They have no offensive identity, and their defense is very bad. Yeah, I agree with that. And I was thinking about this. You think it's just because. Um, you know, people, when people think about the Panthers, they think, oh, this team is led by Christian McCaffrey, but it's not like they've ever been, they've never been a successful team when Christian McCaffrey has been on their team. I don't believe, especially not in the past two years. So do you think that that's just because they didn't have MVP caliber Cam Newton on their team? Or do you really think that Christian McCaffrey isn't like such a big factor? Um, you understand what I'm asking there? Kind of. Like I'm saying... If you think about the Panthers, you think, wow, Christian McCaffrey is the only reason that they're good at all. 
but it's not like that they've even been good when they've had Christian McCaffrey. So that's just, it's, it's because I'm not going to say running backs are so replaceable, but they're expendable, but yeah. I, okay. I understand what you're meaning. And I'm not going to spend too long on this, but that's just one thing that would trip me up, but I got to pick the Chargers here. Uh, neither of them of these teams look amazing, uh, but Chargers are very exciting with exciting with Justin Herbert. I think honestly, he has a little bit worse of a game because, you know, now I think he'll be in his head a little bit. And honestly, that could affect him negatively. And also Chargers overperform against uh, the Chiefs. They might underperform a bit here, but I'm not going to pick the Panthers, this bad defense and or this young defense, at least. And without Christian McCaffrey, unfortunately. So I got to go with the Chargers to win this game. All right. I'm going to be bold on the next week, and I have the Jets beating the Colts. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, you know what, whatever. Give me your pick. The Jets may not be a great team, but they have Sam Darnold, who possesses a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Colts are an overrated team. I don't. <laughs> wow, he goes from having the Colts as a sleeper to an overrated team after two weeks. I mean, I... Honestly, I don't think anyone's hyping up the Colts after they're one and one and lost to the Jaguars. I think that the Jag- I think that the Jets can come out and win this game. And I'm not saying that they're an elite team because what I've been saying is only playoff teams win this week. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that I think this could be a surprise game. And I could see this going anyway. And I could see the Colts dominating the Jets. Mm-hmm. But I think that the Jets come out and win this game. Don't get me wrong. I think the Colts are a very incomplete team. I think they could, they're going to finish with a below average record or just not finish too great, not finish to your expectations. But the Jets are looking like one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. They're without Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I still have an ounce of faith, a little bit of faith in Sam Darnold's talent, but he's just surrounded by nothing. And this defense is nothing aside from maybe, you know, a run game. I think the veteran quarterback gets it done here. It'll be an ugly game. Um, but my theme in these picks has been uh, not only like a lot of my picks have been based on just a lack of confidence in one team. Like I have a lack of confidence in the Vikings. I have a lack of confidence in the Texans more than a confidence in the team I pick to win. And that's why I'm picking the Colts to win here just out of a complete lack of confidence in the Jets. The Jets are looking like maybe even the worst team in the NFL right now. Uh, that's why I'm picking the Indianapolis Colts to win this game. All right. So on to the Seahawks Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And I do really want to pick the Cowboys and I want to pick the Seahawks. So this is a very yeah. difficult game. You know what? You go first. I'm okay. Stuck. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you do that, man. This is an awesome game. There are so many good games this week. Look at that. This will be an exciting week. I wish I had red zone, but anyway, Cowboys Seahawks, you know, Cowboys, our team who just came off an awesome win, an awesome comeback against the Falcons. Or if you're a Falcons fan, I don't know if the adjective would be awesome there. But um, CX, on the other hand, are also looking great, just beating the Patriots. And both these teams have beat the Falcons, which is funny. I can't bet against the Seahawks, I think. I think um, it'll be an awesome game. I've been using awesome a lot. I'm expecting a high-scoring game, game in the 30s, going back and forth to the last minute. Team with the ball, I think team with who gets the ball at the two-minute warning is going to be the team who pulls out with the win here. But I got to go with the Seahawks to win this game. I mean, they're letting Russ cook, like I said. And again, Dak, uh, this team, this Cowboys team, especially if you're looking at the first half of the Falcons game and against the Rams, they definitely have had their share of mistakes. So I'm not ready to pick them to beat the Seahawks team that has really looked unstoppable, not unstoppable, 
but has really looked just a lot more solid and proven to start this season. I'm not ready to bet against the Seahawks and especially not with this Cowboys team that has all the talents in the world, but hasn't been able to fully put it together, except maybe in that second half of the fourth quarter, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that I'm going to pick the Seahawks in this one as well. While the Cowboys do possess a lot of potential and they have a great roster, the Seahawks have proven that their roster is exactly. great. And I mean, I just can't go against the Seahawks on this one. Okay. Yeah. Um, Moving on now, Lions-Cardinals. Last year, Lions-Cardinals ended in a tie in Lions fashion, I guess. I don't know. Anything that happens with the Lions is in Lions fashion. But um, I'm picking the Cardinals to win this one. Uh, Lions 0-2, total loss of confidence there, even though they have stuck in some games. I'm sure the second half of that Packers game totally deflated their confidence. Um, I think Matt Stafford could throw you know, some trash time touchdowns, but they're not a team who's going to beat Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray is going to expose them. Give the Cardinals the win here. I like it. I'm going to pick the Cardinals, but just for Lions fashion, the Lions will be up by like 700 at halftime and will lose by on, on a game on a game losing drive. Well, what a what a bold prediction! Down by 700 at half. I mean, up by 700 at halftime. No, of so, course yeah, I understand that they could come out to. Of course, but they're the Lions always come out strong and they can never like a lion. Yeah. Um, All right, on to Buccaneers-Broncos. I have the Buccaneers winning this game. The Broncos are just so have so many injuries. I mean, they have starting a back quarterback, a rookie, yeah. two rookie, two rookie wide receivers, some offensive linemen. They don't have they don't have Von Miller. I think AJ Boye's hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, like all the players, you would say, oh, this is why the team could be good. Are all injured. Yeah, this is uh, such a shame. I mean, I'm speaking way too soon. You know, anything is possible here for this Broncos team, but such a loss of a season if you're looking at it. They had so much talent, even though I didn't have them going as far as Oren did. I still acknowledge their talent, but they really lost, they lost Drew Locke, Corwin's son, Von Miller. Uh, there's no way I see that all these backups are, are going to be able to beat such a just talented roster-wise alone Buccaneers team. Buccaneers get their second win of the season here. Yeah. Moving All right. on to Packers Saints. This is a very interesting game from a lot of aspects. Do the Packers prove that they are uh, just as good as they were last season or close to that going 3-0? Or do the Saints have a great bounce back win? First of all, do the Saints have Michael Thomas? I think the Saints have Michael Thomas. You think Michael Thomas will be ready for week three? Honestly, that's a gut feeling, and also my gut is leaning towards the Packers losing. So anything to help the Packers lose is what my gut's telling me. But Michael I think Thomas, that, I'm, I'm looking up the injury report right here. Michael Thomas is out two to four weeks, but honestly, I really wouldn't be surprised. He wasn't considered – I don't think he was out till like, Friday, and he was doubtful. So, I mean, that, I think that really goes to show that in this important game for the Saints who just lost, they need Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if they play him. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, here's my pick. I was thinking about it. But like I mentioned, I mentioned some stuff about the Packers and the Saints in my week two predictions. And just going back to that, uh, when I'm looking at this Packers team right now, they have all the momentum. uh, And they're looking just as good as they did last year. It's kind of showing the NFL, why did you pick why did you doubt us this season? You know, we still were 13 and three, even if you don't, even if you think they were a little bit worse than that. 
Uh, they've got all of the offensive momentum, and this defense is looking pretty stout as well. But another thing that kind of set me over the edge here, I mean, I have no doubt that the Packers are going to be able to put up plenty of points against the Saints offense, I mean, Saints defense, but something that kind of set me over the edge to pick the Packers to win this game. Um, Drew Brees, like I was saying, he's not looking like his true self. Uh, he's old. He made some bad throws in the Raiders game. Uh, this game will definitely be very telling as to if that's just a one game fluke. And I can definitely see this well-coached uh, Sean Payton team being able to bounce back. But for now, I'm picking the Packers to beat the Saints on Sunday night football. Aaron Rodgers showing the world that he is still Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees kind of showing the world he might not just be Drew Brees anymore. So I would way rather have picked this game Sunday night right before because the injuries matter because I don't even know if Adams is going to play. That is true. But I, I've been looking into injury reports for Adams. I believe he's going to play because there are reports that uh, Adams actually wanted to be back in the game by you know, the second half of the Lions game, but they just didn't want to keep him in because they were winning and there was no reason to. Yeah. Make it but win. I mean, when I I looked at it and people have said that, but I also looked at, I think someone said that the a report said that the, that Devonte Adams injury isn't as clean and, and as perfect as it looks like, I mean, I'm not saying that I would, I would bet that he plays, but I mean, if Mike Thomas plays and Devonte Adams plays, then it's a completely different game than if Mike Thomas doesn't play and Adams does or Adams doesn't and Thomas does. I mean, whatever ends up happening, it's a completely different game. But I'm going to pick based on what I know right now, and I have to pick the Packers. The Packers are looking really wow. good. Wow, so- I was thinking you're going to pick the Saints, and then I could that dad be excited. But now we both picked the Packers. Ah, I, I kind of wish you picked the Saints, but that's fine. I just think that even though the – even though the Saints are a great team, the Packers have the hot hand right now. They're really riding momentum. And I'm not saying I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints won because they need this win. Yeah. But I am saying right now I would bet on the Packers winning. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not totally 100% confident in my pick for the Packers, to be honest. Like you were saying, I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints won. And uh, maybe it's just my inner Bears fan, but, you know, I like, I mean, I made it sound like I was all ready to jump on that Packers uh, success bandwagon or at least just believe that they were going to be good but I still have my fair share of doubts since they did play pretty bad secondaries or just defense yeah. in general in these first two games wow 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 sorry I'm moving on now Chiefs Ravens I I forgot I looked at this at the start of the episode but wow capping off Monday Night Football Chiefs Ravens what a game what a game um this reminds me of the Rams Chiefs two years ago. Where oh, yeah, of course. Points. I have that feeling. I Wait, really. Was there Chiefs, was there Chiefs Ravens um, last year? I think so. No. I'm trying to remember. The Chiefs, I have a feeling that we're both going to pick the same 14. team. Unless you shock me. I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. I just got to go with Patrick Mahomes. Um, of course, we've got the two former MVPs. Uh, Super Bowl MVP, 2019 Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes, and 2019 just overall NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson. So this will be a phenomenal matchup, a great game. But I got to go with the Chiefs on this one. Uh, Just because this is a Super Bowl team, they're more of a complete team, uh, and the Chiefs offense is just completely electric. For now, I think the Chiefs, although these might even be the two best teams in the NFL, uh, the Chiefs are still a slightly better team, and I'm not ready to bet against Mahomes and company. 
Benjamin, give me some Lamar Jackson. Oh, that excites me. Ravens. This is going to be a great game, but I honestly think that I was looking right now and I was saying I want. I think the Ravens are going to win, but what pushed me over the edge? They're playing at home. I know that that doesn't sound like a big like a big deal, and I don't think it really is. But this is such a close game that the small little details like that affect the outcome of the game so greatly, mm-hmm. right? The Chiefs are a great team, and so are the Ravens. But the Ravens have utterly dominated against the Browns and the Texans, while the while the Chiefs, even though they I would say they dominated against the against the Texans, they really underperformed not at home against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it's the Ravens' time. The Ravens have a better defense. And I would say that even though the Chiefs' offense on paper may be better, I think that Lamar Jackson's able to lead this offense because they have an amazing offensive line. And I think that the Ravens will win in an incredibly high-scoring game. Yeah, so exciting. No defense. <laughs> no defense. Honestly, you know, the Ravens' defense might uh... – and I'm not surprised, but they still have a great defense. So, wow, this episode is getting pretty long and we are still we're moving on to the second half here. So we might have to rush through the Bears review a little bit. I think I'm just going to give my rundown of my thoughts on the Giants game. I'll ramble a little bit. You can respond or just give your thoughts. We'll have a little bit of a discussion. Um, Sounds great. Go on to the Falcons. Yeah, you know the drill. Um, so... My thoughts on the Giants game. Thanks for asking. So it started off, <laughs> I was very happy as a Bears fan. Kind of the, it seemed like they picked up right where they were left off. Trubisky and company. Trubisky was making great throws throughout the game, but really in the first half, I guess, not throughout the game. Um, first drive touchdown, nothing could be better than that. Um, they had everything going for them. And then Robert Quinn comes out in his very first play and forces a fumble. That's awesome. They were playing great. Uh, so that's the positive positives of the game that I'd give uh, the negatives are of course, that second half, that's kind of classic bears, letting them come back a little bit. And it scares me that they've played these two bad teams, especially since the giants were without Saquon Barkley and it's come down to the last play that scares me. And that, even though the bears are two and O two and O for the first time since 2013, uh, that makes me very happy, but it's been against bad teams. So I'm not ready to be completely happy. And as well, um, Trubisky was actually, I thought he was quite accurate on the day, uh, but there are some drop passes. I think the, my underperformer, and I'm just going to go out of order here, my underperformer or whatever you want to call it, my dud, if you're doing studs and duds, Anthony Miller, definitely a dud, had no receptions on the game, uh, had a few drops in which Trubisky was just laying it right out. Um, also with, you know, Trubisky had one to the end zone where Miller dropped, Trubisky was making good throws, but Miller couldn't haul it in. Uh, my stud on the game, Darnell Mooney, baby. I mean, for a rookie wide receiver, usually Bears rookie wide receivers, especially takes them a few years to develop like Anthony Miller, Javon Wims, uh, Darnell Mooney in his first two games, getting, you know, four, two to four receptions. He had a touchdown. I'm loving this kid and he's adding a great aspect of speed. Um, this defense played all right, but they were allowing, especially in the second half when the Giants were going on a run, they were allowing them to move downfield. And I'd like to see more utter dominance, especially when they're playing that much of a bad team. Um, run game, David Montgomery had a pretty good game. I think that that's it. All right. So I'm going to be the, the optimist and I'm going to say throughout two games, there have been spurts on every single aspect that have shown improvement. 
every aspect of this team, I think, has shown improvement in one way or another compared to last year. And in, in, in a way, you could say that this team has shown more potential than the 2018 team. But now you can also look at the negatives, right? Well, it's been in, spit, it's been in spurts, right? Mm-hmm. All these positive things have been in spurts, not as consistent as you want it to be, right? Mm-hmm. Trubisky looks great for one half. The other half doesn't look great. Yeah, right? it's terrible. Like, it, I've, if I had a Twitter, I was thinking of tweeting this out, you know. As a Bears fan, I would die happy if Trubisky plays one full game of good football because it's always, you know, you're ready to count him off and then he comes back in the second half. You're ready to proclaim that he's the greatest quarterback in, in against the Giants and then he, you know, he falters and they, the Bears team puts up zero points in the second half, which I didn't even touch on. Yeah, I'm just going to – being optimistic, the Bears show a lot of potential – and I think that the Bears are going to be able to work off of that. I mean, people said after the Lions game, the Bears won't be able to start off. If the Bears start off the way that they did again, that they ended off the Lions, that'll be great. And they did. And in Bears fashion, they ended up giving up the game. And I'm not trying to make excuses, but this is something that I don't. I think you might you might find interesting. But I read it somewhere, and I thought it's incredibly interesting. I like listening to what Matt Nagy has to say. And he said that football now is so much about momentum more than ever. I know I use the word momentum so much, but teams have no energy from the fans, right? They create their own energy. Yeah. So when a team like the bears, when the, like, let's take the lions game, the lions had all the energy, right. And they kind of took their, they, their foot off the pedal, right? Yeah. The bears got the energy, a bit of energy, a bit more. And then the bears almost, when you look back at in the height, the bears won the game halfway through the fourth quarter because they had the momentum, right? I don't really know what you mean by that. I'm trying to say is that momentum now is changed. And the Lions had no momentum, right? The Bears had all the momentum because the, the Lions can't get momentum from their fans. It's all about them sitting down with their heads down while the Bears are cheering, going crazy, right? The Bears started off the game with all the momentum, right? Are you talking about the Lions or Giants? Because you were saying Lions. The, the Lions to begin with. Now go to the Giants game. Mm-hmm. The Giants, the Bears started off with all the momentum, right? Mm-hmm. They were winning 14 or 17 nothing, right? I think it, it was 17 nothing. nothing at half. And they had all the momentum. They took their foot off the gas and let the Giants get a bit of momentum. I was listening, I was listening to the Bears game, and something that wasn't noticed very much is the reporter said that. The the bear that the giant sideline was ecstatic in the second in the second half. It was going crazy yeah. of energy while the bears were kind of sitting there with no energy, right? Mm-hmm. I think now more than ever, teams need to be aggressive and teams cannot take their foot off the gas. They need to contain their momentum because that's gonna happen a lot more now than it did before. Because if I think that the Bears would have won that game by a lot more if they were fans, because they would have gotten the energy, they wouldn't have needed to produce it themselves. That makes sense, actually. I think that the Bears, Bears would have won that game so much they would have fed off the fans and exactly enjoyed. that's why that's why there's home field advantage. The fans yeah. are so important; they make they give you so much energy, and that's why I think that the Bears have been so up and down. Now, as the season gets on, every team's going to become better at containing energy, right? Mm-hmm. Now, do I think that the Bears are successful because of their high energy, or not successful because how sometimes they don't have energy? I don't know. I don't know which one I'm leaning towards, which is a positive or a negative. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. The Bears show a lot of potential, and I really believe that they can harness it because their run game is looking great. Trubisky, both his interceptions, one of them was not his fault in the slightest. 
and the other one to Allen Robinson. No one else was open. He threw it to Robinson, and it might not have been an amazing pass, but mm-hmm. that was Robinson's fault. He should have jumped in front oh, of Oh, yeah. Play. I think the second one was was honestly less of a bad throw because Robinson got to catch that ball. It was placed in a part where, you know, maybe you think you should throw it more, but honestly, that's a, that's a gimme, not a gimme, but that's, you know, maybe a 60, 90%, 90% of the time Robinson comes down with that either inbounds or out of bounds. And that was also an excellent, excellent play. I don't know the Giants player's name, but that was an excellent play. He was facing, he wasn't even seeing where the ball was. He was facing Robinson, was able to uh, rip the ball from Robinson's hands in midair and come down with it. I mean, that's just exceptional. I got to give props to this Giants team. Like I was saying, they came out and fought even without Saquon. And, you know, I could put the blame on the Bears. But I, like you were saying, the Giants had all the momentum. So I think this Giants team could um, – now it's, of course, devastating that, without, that they're without Saquon. But I think that they can make something out of nothing. And even if their record doesn't show it, I think that they've got some potential just because of the culture going on there. Um they're playing to win, and Daniel Jones actually looked very good, especially in that second half. Anyone, anyone who's watching this, I recommend you go back and watch Joe Judge press conference, his original press conference. He came in and was very clear about what he wanted. He wanted a hard-nosed football team that was coached well, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what the Giants can be. I think that the Giants can be a hard-nosed football team that can come and can do stuff like what they did against the Bears. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go like position by position. If you look, quarterback shows a lot of potential. Running back, Montgomery, playing great. Wide receiver, you know what you're getting from Robinson. And not only Montgomery, I think Tariq Cohen's been the most productive that he's been. Uh, Patterson looks productive. Good. And Patterson looks great. There was only one play where I thought, of, but of he course, was, it was his first Patterson, time. He, he ran out of bounds rather than going. Yeah, straight. he was he was a little bit too dancy on that one play in particular. But aside from that, and this is first year being a true running back, so that's to be expected. I'm loving what the Bears are doing with Patterson. Aside from yeah, that, you look at their receivers. You know what you're getting from Robinson. Miller shows potential, and even though he had a bad yeah, game, that was Miller. Game. He was a very bad game, but Miller shows huge potential, and yes. he proved it against the Lions. Mooney, we love. The tight end group is clearly an improvement, no matter if they get the stats or not. You can tell that Matt Nagy even said this. He said, I'm so happy with the tight end group because even though they're not getting the stats, the, the amount that they're affecting the run game is great. Has Matt had a reception yet? Yeah, he got one reception. Mm-hmm. And you look at the offensive line, greatly improved. Look at outside linebackers. Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack both look improved. Defensive line, the only that's the only position that I'm a bit concerned about. That and I would say Danny Trevathan. Um, the, uh, the defensive line, even though it's looking great pa- r- rushing the passer, they can't really defend the run as well as the Bears are used to. But Roquan Smith shows a lot of potential. Danny yeah, Trevathan, yeah, yeah. I, they, they took Trevathan out of a lot of plays, which concerns me. Kyle Fuller has a zero passer rating allowed. Let's, let's, let's get this straight, okay? Now let's go to Jalen Johnson. I just want to get some stats out of there. Jalen Johnson has the second most pass breakups through week two out of any rookie. Who's it, well, that's that uh, ever? Eh, I don't like that stat. I've cherry picking to me, especially okay. out of any. Jalen Johnson has allowed a sixty passer rating. Has I think the the fourth most pass breakups in the NFL at the current moment. He has one oh, of the most. Best. That, that stat's way more impressive than second most of any rookie. Who's ever, the rookie? ever ever ever? Oh, well, you should. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, but still, I don't know. I like I like the fourth most right now. I like that. He's showing a huge amount of potential. 
Very excited with him. Eddie Jackson, I don't want to get into a debate. I think that the call could have went either way in his touchdown, but he was going for the ball. Uh, yeah, I must say, you know, I was originally saying, oh, that's clear PI. I think that's a good call. But then Oren sent me an article earlier today that kind of explained it well. Actually, Leonard Floyd had a pick six, which was um, prompted by Kyle Fuller making a nearly identical or very similar play on the ball that what uh, Eddie Jackson did. Um, and I didn't know this, that in pass interference, pass interference, it states that um, a defensive player is allowed to like hit an offensive player if they're trying to make a play on the ball. And I believe that Eddie Jackson was very clearly trying to go for the ball instead of um, just hitting him to, you know, make him catch it. So in that case, that is why I understand that's not PI anymore, but it's fine. They ended up closing out the game. Of course it would have been a lot farther and, you know, might've given some more momentum, like you like to say to this defense, but that's fine. They get the win. I'm not going to be sour about it. Yeah, so even though the Bears have barely beat two poor teams, mm-hmm. I think that throughout this game, they look way more like the the question coming into this year is, is, is are they the 2019 or 2018 Bears? And so far, if I were to choose one team, I would call them the 2018 Bears rather than the 2019. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not saying that they're as good. And currently, I would put them as right in between. But they're for sure showing the potential to be the 2018 Bears. And I think that even though there are many different excuses to make on why they on why they let up the lead and why they let up uh, why they let up so many points to the Lions and the Giants, I'm just gonna say that I want to see them play well against a good team. And all the reporters, I like, like I said, I look look I like looking at power rankings. All the people who have the Bears at 22 and now they're only at 18 or 19, that's fine because they haven't proven themselves against good quality teams yet. Yeah. Also, it's always better to be the underdog. If if you don't think that the Bears are going to be good from the beginning of the year, then I don't think that they've proven enough to you that that you can say, wow, they are a great team. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I think that as a Bears fan, I can – I see a very bright future. Yeah, you always got to be optimistic about 2-0. and I'm just not ready to totally, you know, have all my faith yet because I did see – you know, a fair share of issues or just the fact that it was, they kept it so close against these uh, below average teams. Um, I think we can move on now to the Falcons game. I want to treat this more like just all every other game we did, maybe just a bit more in depth, but I don't know. Um, so Falcons, very interesting. The Falcons have had an electric offense in these first two weeks. Unfortunately, they've lost the first two games as well. And their defense, um, has been one of the worst in the NFL right now, which is not good. <laughs> so Falcons, of course, and they're, they're a team that I don't, I don't know how I feel about this coaching staff. They're not looking too great. And the Bears, of course, have the momentum of going 2-0. and So I think I'm leaning towards the Bears to win this game. I hate to uh, bet against my Bears, and I also would hate to bet against or to bet on this 0-2 Falcons team. I'm honestly, I don't have a prediction like in the last game, I my my score for the Giants game it was pretty. Um, I had like a clear sense of how the game was gonna go, win or lose. They actually the Giants ended up putting up less points than either of us expected. I mean the Bears the game in general was lower scoring. As for this game, honestly, I could see it going either way. Uh, I want you to give your score prediction first. Uh, like I said, I think I'm leaning towards the Bears, but. I don't really have a clear thought in my mind about how this game could go. Cause I think that there are many ways, like many possible ways that this game could go. Cause this 
Falcons offense could be amazing, but the Bears offense could actually, you know, come into their own and be their best. Or maybe the Bears defense just shuts down this Falcons offense, but the Bears offense isn't amazing either. You know what I'm saying? There, there, yeah, there I, are a few options that I don't know what I'm leaning towards. Uh, so maybe you can give some insight into that. Something I've tended to realize throughout Trubisky's career is that, you know, here and there he has those great games, right? Yeah, of course. The Redskins game. Yeah, the the Cowboys game, the Buccaneers game, the Lions almost every year. Yeah. Like, one thing I tend to realize, and I saw this, is that I remember looking at 2018. I was with you, and I showed you this stat. I can guarantee you don't remember because I show you a ridiculous amount of stats. That is true. But, you gave me a lot of stats. Okay, the Trubisky almost all of his great games come against very very bad secondaries, and okay, I that would make sense. They're like, no, but like, that's their weakest part of their defense, not the defensive line, the secondary, right? I guess it makes sense, but it's like bottom of the pack, like 29, 30. And that's exactly what the Falcons are a terrible secondary. And I'm not saying Trubisky is going to go out and light it up and get 40 points, but I think that the Bears could score 27 points. I don't think that's that big of a deal. And I think that the Falcons' um, offense is great. And I think that the Falcons offense will get 23 points against the Bears. 27-23 is my final score. The only reason that I'm pretty optimistic about the Bears, and I get this isn't that big of a deal, Falcons starting right tackle, I think his name's Caleb McGarry. He's out with an MCL sprain, which means they have a backup right tackle on Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn's going to be playing more, which means one of them has a huge mismatch the whole game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can say I expect one, one to one and a half to two sacks from that player who's being blocked by him. And I think that that can really swing the whole game. Um, Yeah. Now that you put it that way, I think I'm going to kind of copy off what you said. I was just saying I could see it going either way, but now that you put it in that perspective, I understand what you're saying and I don't really picture. I mean, my whole perception has changed, I guess, just I'm kind of copying what you said. I'm, I'm going to be honest, but. I don't really picture it being a low-scoring game just because Trubisky does – I agree with – I mean, it is a stat that he let, tends to light it up against these bad secondaries. But also, I don't see – the Falcons aren't a team that really – you know, even when they lose because they have lost these past two weeks, they still put up a sizable number of points. Um, I can't determine yet how bad the Cowboys' defense is and how bad the Seahawks' defense is, but I'd like to say that the Bears' defense is the best that the Falcons have played this season. So that will, of course, also play a role into it. I think 27 is a nice number that you picked right there, but I'm going to just be a little bit different just for the sake of it. Um, I will go with 30 to 20. 30 to 20, Yeah. Uh, 30 to 20 bears get the win here. Of course, you know, we're a little bit biased, not a little bit. We're biased bears fans right now, but I don't know. I'm not ready to pick against my team. Who wants to pick against their team anyway, especially when your team is two and O and you're playing an O and two team. So I think that should do it. I've got the Falcons 30 to 20. Hopefully we can both continue our success in the pick em game, but one of us is going to inevitably have a worse record by the end of this week since there, are, there is a lot more variance between picks this week. I Last week I asked you a question, and it was about Cairo Santos, and I'm going to end with another question like that, but in a for the Falcons. Do the Falcons receivers get over combined? The two, Calvin Ridley and Julio, get two touchdowns and 225 yards combined. Over or under? That is a very okay. All Calvin's all sorry, all Falcons receivers or just Calvin Ridley and Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. 
I think I'm going to take the under here for a few reasons. First of all, there are many receivers on the Falcons. Yeah. There's Austin Hooper. There's uh, Gage. What's his name? Russell Gage. Russell Gage. He's, I mean, I, I know it's laughable, but he's had a sizable share of receptions. He's had, he, he he had a hundred yard game his first in week Hayden one. Hayden Hurst. Uh, Austin Hooper. Hayden, wait, you got, oh, sorry. Sorry. I, I, I knew it was Hayden Hurst. I just, sorry, I got mixed up there. But yes, they got Hayden Hurst. So there's a lot of mouths to feed. Also with the touchdowns, um, Calvin Ridley's a touchdown machine, but Julio Jones is not known to get touchdowns. And I think also Julio Jones lately, especially, he's been getting kind of locked down because that's always the story with him. Um, the Falcons offense can have success with Julio not doing well just because defenses love to double and triple team Julio and that opens it up for guys like Calvin Ridley but I don't expect Calvin Ridley to have you know 200 yards and two touchdowns on his own I think it could be likely that Julio Jones gets 75 or less yards on this game um and zero touchdowns just because um you know, teams tend to double team Julio anyway, and I trust this Bears defense. And I don't see, you know, <laughs> Calvin Ridley's on my fantasy team, so I'd love for him to get 150 and two touchdowns. And the Bears win. The Bears win, but I don't know if I'd expect that. So I'm going to take the under on your um, proposal there. What, what about you? All, all I'm going to say is quickly, I love Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson. And I'm going to take the under as well. I think that Kyle Fuller is not going to shut down Julio because Julio is superior than Kyle Fuller. But Kyle Fuller will be able to slow down Julio Jones. And Jalen Johnson, even though he's had all these great stats, he hasn't yet to play an elite receiver like Calvin. Yeah, Jalen Johnson was quoted about this. I mean, sorry to interrupt you there, but he was saying, and I think it makes sense. He is cocky like Oren was showing me, but, you know, not, not cocky per se. You know, he's got a little pep. He's got some swagger and, um, what he said made a lot of sense. You know, if he comes out there and shuts down Calvin Ridley, who's honestly looked like the best wide receiver just statistical statistically in, in these first two weeks. So if he's able to shut down a guy like Calvin Ridley, you know, that'll definitely make headlines and that'll definitely get his name out there to an NFL that really doesn't know that much about uh, Jalen Johnson as of yet. Exactly. So and- it's a great opportunity for Jalen Johnson to get his name out. Yeah. And I like Jalen Johnson a lot, and it's a big game for him. But, I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, it's a big game for Jalen Johnson. But cornerbacks, typically, if you look at, like, cornerbacks right now, you can look at Sherman, Jalen Ramsey, like, all these big-name cornerbacks that are big mouths, and they're cocky, and they're – that's a thing. You can look back at cornerbacks. Deion Sanders, mm-hmm. you can look back at all these cornerbacks for the past – for a while. They've all – cornerback is – People say that cornerback is the most annoying, like they're the most annoying position because they won't shut up. Yeah. They talk all day. They don't stop talking. And you know what? In order to be an elite cornerback, most of them talk a lot. And okay. Jalen Johnson has that about him. Uh-huh. So, you know, if nothing else, if he has no talent, at least he talks a lot. So and that we- should do it for this episode. Another long episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Like I was saying in the wrap up a bit before this, you know, one of us will emerge with a higher record. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe we'll finish tied. I'm interested to see how our picks turn out after such a good week two. Unfortunately, we didn't do week one pick, but that's fine. Uh, Bear down and a week from now. Bear down. If you enjoyed this episode of From the Den, 
please remember to comment or leave a review depending on your listening platform. Or if you're a Packers fan, remember to write some nasty reviews and comments. Thanks for listening and bear down.